0: Now we'll have a sermon brought to us today by our pastor, Mr. Lawrence Gregory, entitled Things That Please God. In John 8, verse 29, Jesus said, And he that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please Him. That's what I want to talk about today. Those things that please Him. I have three points in my message today. The first two are intermingled. The first one is What pleases God? That is what he himself does for his own pleasure first thing what he does that pleases him the second is the things that please God from our part from our point of view the things that we do that please him and then of course the third point is a negative things that do not please him so the first two are intermingled And the third one is a negative, we might say, from the positive of uh, things that please God that He does and things that we do that please Him and the things that don't please Him. I have a number of scriptures today out of uh, many, many that uh, we could have shared. But uh, the first part, I want to uh, cover something about the sovereignty of God, just a few verses about the greatness and the sovereignty of God. Because... uh, we know the scriptures tell us how great is our God and how good he is for his goodness. Proverbs, the 16th chapter, verse 4, tells us Proverbs 16, verse 4 The Lord has made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So God has made everything for His plan and His purpose. Psalm 147 verse 5, Psalm 147 verse 5, Great is our God, our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. His understanding is infinite. And then back up in verse 1. Praise you the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. So it's not only pleasant, but it's beautiful for us to praise God. And in Psalm 135, verse 6. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did He in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all deep places. And in Psalm 115 verse 3, I think I got these just reversed a little bit here, but uh, we'll go to Psalm 115 verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever... He has pleased. So those two things, just to show the greatness of God, whatever He did, and He does only right, pleased Him. And the second thing is, whatever He pleased, He did. There's nobody that could tell God, no, you can't do that. He's God. How great He is. Above all gods, there's no gods that can tell Him, or nobody can tell Him not to do something. Whatever he does, he wanted to do. And then in Revelation, the fourth chapter, verse 11. Revelation 4.11. These are just a few things to think about as the uh, sovereignty of the greatness and the goodness of God. Revelation 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things... And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. Now in English it says, God made everything for his pleasure. And that's certainly true because he is pleased with whatever he did. He said, behold, remember of creation, behold, it's good, it's very good. But the word here in the Greek is really, for thy purpose, they are and were created. And so God has a purpose. And I've explained this a number of times, you know. His purpose among many is to bring many sons into glory. That's his overall purpose. And then his plan on how he's going to accomplish that is laid out through the Sabbath and through the Holy Days. We have an understanding of uh, God on what he's doing. Now, from the dictionary, here's a definition of uh, pleased. Things that give a feeling of enjoyment or expectation of good of delight, a state of agreeable sensation or emotions, happiness. So we can see the things that God does or the things that He takes pleasure in are the things that give Him happiness, that give Him goodness, that give Him an agreeable state of of emotions. Now, the two points that I mentioned I'm going to just take those a uh, number of scriptures because they're kind of intermingled as we go through them Isaiah 53 10 so bear with me uh, as we look at a number of uh, scriptures here today Isaiah 53:10. yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him He has put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So Isaiah 53, we know we're talking about uh, Christ and his sacrifice and what he did for us and what he did in God's plan and his purpose. And all the things that we've explained those many times, those verses, we've looked at that. But, you know, his... Death and burial, his passion was a bittersweet uh, experience for us. Bitter that he had to die, and yet sweet for us that he did, that he died for each one of us. And so, it pleased God in his plan and purpose to cause Christ to suffer for us. That was a necessary uh, thing that he laid out in originally, that his son would go through that. And he willingly, he knew that was coming but he willingly accepted the horrible death that he was going to go through and the suffering and the things that he suffered, persecution, opposition, rejection, all the things in his life that he had to suffer for us. So we can really be pleased with that. Colossians, the first chapter, verse 19. Colossians 1, verse 19, 20. Talking here about the headship of Christ. And the greatness that he is. That he created all things. And in him everything uh, uh, exists. Verse 19. For it pleased the father. That in him. Should all fullness dwell. And having made peace. Through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say. Whether they be things in earth. Or things in heaven. So it pleased God to make his key focus of salvation his son Jesus Christ and uh, Psalm 149 verse 4 for the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. His people. That's us. His people originally, Israel. Now his people, the church, spiritually, we become the people of God. Just think of the greatness of God that he takes pleasure in us. That he's pleased with us. Now, in... um, First Corinthians, the first chapter. I'm going to be going back and forth, Old Testament New Testament. First Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God that by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe." So, the foolishness of preaching. Sometimes people scoff at, ridicule, they think, you know, a a preacher in his uh, platform manner, whatever that is, and presenting the gospel in the church of God down through the centuries, uh, that uh, that's something to be kind of uh, uh, laughed at or scoffed at or scorned, but it pleased God that this is the way that one of the main key ways is that he teaches and exposes individuals to the truth. Now, we can pick up a literature. We can, pick up, we can come across uh, television or radio or a neighbor or a friend, but there's just something about that God wants us to come together to fellowship. To come together on the Sabbath to hear the word preached and to hear it proclaimed, and so our faith is strengthened by the the preaching of the gospel. For some, it's foolishness, and they think, "Well, why should I go to church? I, you know, go there and put up with all of that. Uh, I can just obey God on my own out here." But it's the way God has determined that through the foolishness of preaching that it would please Him, that that would occur. Numbers, the 24th chapter back in the uh, time of Balaam when he, you know, he hired adversary against uh, Israel as they were leaving Egypt and coming out. Uh, Numbers twenty four one When Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as at other times to seek for enchantments but he set his face toward the wilderness. You know there's one thing that you can um, verify and look at historically the heritage not just of the Jews, I'm not just talking of the Jews but I'm talking of Israel. How God's blessing have rested on those people of Israel even sometimes in their contrariness and their honoriness and uh, their disobedience God has chosen to bless Israel and has given them the choice blessings of this earth. The nations all over the earth, even today, where uh, they have the uh, heritage of being Israel, and whatever those nations are, God has blessed them. It's hard for people to understand that. Well, they want to fault Israel and uh, blame them and uh, uh, accuse God, but it it pleased Him. It pleased the Lord. To bless Israel. Now he would want to show more blessings on Israel through more obedience and through more surrender. That's where we as Christians come into because we take a step and we advance over the fleshly physical Israel in God's plan and purpose. So now He's dealing with us as children, as His own uh, begotten ones that have His Spirit. And He it pleases Him to bless us even. Uh, 1 Samuel twelve, twenty two. First Samuel twelve twenty two. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you his people. Speaking of Israel personally and of us, it pleased the Lord. To make us his people. 1 Kings 3.10 I'm reading a lot of scriptures here today. Because I want to stress these two points. And the speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon had asked this thing. Now you remember at his prayer. I'll just go back one verse here. Back to verse 9. What uh, Solomon had said. Give therefore your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this your so great a people. And the speech pleased the Lord. Now notice Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for popularity and prestige in the world. He asked for a good understanding of God's way and of his heart and uh, the ability to make a right decision and right judgment as a king uh, that he would be called on to judge. uh, And he recognized the people as being so great. And this is what pleased God, not that he asked for riches and and, uh, prominence and eminence in the world. So we might ask ourselves as we go through this how it stacks up to us in comparison with these scriptures that apply say to physical Israel how it applies to us. Are we humble and meek and lowly and are we pleasing God? Do we please God by our attitude? Or are we haughty and arrogant and uh, think we're something special and we're God's gift to the church or to mankind or to uh, whatever or are we uh, lowly and meek and humble before God? If so then that surely pleases God. Back to Psalm 147 and uh, verse 11, Psalm 147. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear Him, in those that hope in His mercy just one verse here god is pleased with those that fear him that hope in his mercy luke 12:32 fear not i've just break into the thoughts here of Jesus and his uh, preaching and of his um, longer expositions here. Um, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now Jesus knew that the Church of God would not be a large, militant, global organization like some religions are today, maybe with a million members. Uh, you can look at some of the uh, different religions in the world today and some of them are enormous and I don't need to list all of them in comparison but the Church of God by comparison to those standards if you take all of the Churches of God congregations around the world in different countries and there are all over this world in many different nations those that are just like us keep the Sabbath, keep the Holy Days, have God's Spirit, have the Word of the Father, have uh, the Son, and who believe and uh, we're by numbers a little flock but it's god's good pleasure to give us the kingdom that we can rejoice in and matthew 3:17 matthew 3:17 This was at Jesus' baptism. And lo, a voice from heaven, the Father, through this voice, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So, Jesus Christ, who set us an example, Jesus Christ, who went about doing good, who preached the word, who everything he did and everything he said was to glorify God. He did always, he said, I do always those things that please him. Set us a marvelous, wonderful example. And God said, I'm, this is my son. I'm well pleased in him. Wouldn't it be great if all parents were well pleased with all of their children? Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Look at the things that are going on in the current society and the murders and the things that are taking place. Parents against their children. Luke nine thirty five There came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Listen to Jesus, follow him. This pleases God, as he said in John eight twenty nine, our keynote opening scripture that I do always those things that please him and so let's go on now to a few more new testament uh, scriptures here in colossians the 3rd chapter verse 20 colossians 3:20 children Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, of course we know with balance, the admonition is not for children to obey their parents in criminal or wrong or evil or in, in things that aren't according to God's will and purpose. We know children shouldn't do that. But the things that are good, wholesome, This is pleasing to the Father and to God for children to obey their parents. Parents ought to really take it upon themselves to know that my children are well behaved and they're obeying me. You know, you look at children today, it's it's almost like as the generation, those of us who are in the older generations, things have changed. It used to be, Remember Hillary that said it takes a village to rear a child? Well, it used to be kind of a community thing. Even strangers would look out for children. But today, you dare not. And even parents, to discipline their children in public, they could lose their children and be taken over. And so it's a very risky thing. And so as a consequence, a lot of times, children are just out of control and out of bounds. But you can imagine a child that is crawling through uh, the um, grates and the banister, maybe 40, 50 high, feet high up at a stand, in a stadium. And the parents say, stop. And the children runs the other way to its death. Children are playing in the street. Parents or a stranger says, stop. And the child runs and a car hits him. You know, parents... And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on child rearing, but look at it from the spiritual point of view of God, His children. He says, do this or don't do that. And we keep right on out of stubbornness and honoriness, going our own way, doing our own Does that please God? Obviously not. You know, the scriptures tell us that we must believe to the end. It's those that believe to the end, those who are overcomers, those who endure. It's not those who start and quit and give up and run off and, and uh, just turn their back on God and don't listen to Him. But it pleases God when we listen to Him and when He says, Stop Friday night, Saturday, the Holy Days, Feast of Tabernacles, Passover. When He says to do these things, we think, I'm not going to do that. That's old Jewish stuff. No, I think, I'll just, I think I'll just work today. That's not pleasing to God. But when we say, Yes, God. I know it's risky and my employer's not going to be happy with me because I'm not there, but I'd rather please you than him. What about little children? The same way parents should take the responsibility of making sure that their children are in obedience to them and are listening to them very carefully. That's all I want to say on that today. Philippians, the fourth chapter, back up a little bit here. Philippians 4.18 Paul is saying, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. So Paul had a need, and that need was supplied by someone else, by a brother, and he received it, he accepted it. He didn't argue against it. He didn't reject it. He accepted it. And he said, because there was a need and because that was satisfied and because he accepted it, that was pleasing to God. So when we are and really have a a need and a need and somebody sends some to us and help, take it, you know, accept it. Because that's well pleasing to God. I know sometimes... And we, have, we, we see today, currently, without spending a lot of time on this, but we see a lot of discussion today about food stamps, about government welfare, about assistance to the poor. And some people say, you ought to be ashamed, never take that. You know, don't ever make ridicule of people who go in the grocery store and use their food stamps. Well, that person might have a real temporary need, and they've accepted that assistance, Through all of our combined efforts, we've kind of helped that person. Now, if we we know a person that's riding the gravy train and a freeloader and lazy and not working because the scriptures tell us, if you don't work, you don't eat. So the idea is to be productive. But people who have a real need, it pleases God when we can help that person in a right way. Now, we don't like to be used and we've all... Been that way. We've seen people hit us up time after time after time, you know. And we 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 just have to say, well, like, no, I can't. You're you're not. Uh, I've told you this before. I've I've had to call back uh, several times. I've just done this uh, in past to motels because I get a lot of calls from people, you know, and talk to the managers and no, I I don't think they really need it. They get there's several people. There's a couple of guys and some women and children there and they got a lot of people bringing them food and money. I don't think they need it. And I'm wondering, how can they get in a motel without a credit card? How can they stay there and live there? Because they're working the churches. And I told you about this one lady that called uh, and when I told her no. Then she called back later. And she cussed me out, you know. Uh, She was working. She forgot she had called me. And I said, well, I talked to you earlier this morning. And uh, so... uh, First, you know, when they start saying, I don't have family. I, well, I can make a phone call for you. I can tell your family, your friends, uh, somebody about your situation. And uh, I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. Uh, I'm passing through. Uh, I need this. I need some money to pay my motel for t- for t- tomorrow or for the weekend. And uh, then when, I, when they call me again and I get cussed out, you know, then that's when, you know, um, you feel like you want to help everybody you can, but you know there's some people that just you, just you just can't do it, because they're users, and, and that's hard to say, and maybe some of you all have been in that situation before where you've had to make a decision, yes or no. First John 3:22. I know I'm reading a lot of scriptures today and I want us to think about these things and uh, if you, if you feel like, uh, you know, you just, if you feel like you'd like to have the phone and answer and, and run over to all these motels and give all the people all the money and help them and everything, you know, you're, volunteer to me and I can call you next time and let you do that, let you go over there do that. Uh, it's easier for me maybe and I feel bad about it when I say no and you know it hurts and I feel bad but I know. Sometimes my wife will say, "Did you give that guy money again?" He keeps hitting me up every time I go to a quick trip or something. You know, well, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. You know, and uh, he's got his story. He hasn't offered to pay me back yet, but he sure is. He will accept what I have to give him. And uh, I told you about the one time we were there at, uh, went in uh, one of the drugstores and came back out, and the guy was hitting me up. Well my mother's in the hospital and she's sick and uh, I need some money I had to replace the alternator on my car and everything and uh, so I gave him some money and uh, when I got in the car my wife said did you give the guy some money? She's, I said yes. She said well he's got buddy over there working by the door and there's three or four of them in the pickup and they were in there laughing see uh, so I pulled out and left and went on to uh, another uh, business that I had to take and I got to thinking, you know I think I'll go back and get my money back. And uh I went back, but the guys had left already. And uh, so they were they were laughing because I fell, you know, they had one guy up there, I guess, but the door was I don't did Janice, did you give him any money? Okay, good. <laughs> First John three, twenty-two. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Not just the commandments. We do the commandments. But we do the things, the other things that are pleasing in His sight. Now we can ask and we can make a long list. What is it that pleases God? I've read through a number of scriptures today of things that please God. What more can we do the things that please God? And we can think about this and sometime make your own uh, Ben Franklin list, you know, of do's and don'ts. Go ahead and list. What is it that pleases God? Look in the scriptures. Take your concordance like I've done a number of times. taking my concordance and run through and you see all these scriptures that you just leave out because there are so many. But there's a lot of good things that we need to think about. Uh, Proverbs 16:7 When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him Our ways Psalm 69:30 Oh, I don't think I gave that uh, to uh, Brian. Okay, Brian, I'm going to skip a few. Okay. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Um, Verse 31. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that has horns and hoofs. Physical sacrifices. Offering a bull on the altar. That's pleasing. Well pleasing. Those are burnt offerings. Were well pleasing in God's nostrils as he said. He smelled. He loved the smell of those. But. It's better to please God by doing good and doing right. There's more scriptures. Now, let me uh, look at a number of scriptures here of things that uh, do not please God. What does not please God? What he's not pleased with. Ecclesiastes 4, uh, no, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Verse 4 When you vow a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay that which you have vowed. Verse 5 Better is it that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. What kind of vows do we make? Well, we make wedding vows. Other people make vows to God. I promise you, God, that if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. If we ever say that to God, I promise you, God, do this, bless me, hear me, hear my prayer, and I'll do this. We better do it. Because it's better not to do that than to break that vow. Just think of how many people break their wedding vows. So it's better not to get married than to get married and break it according to the scriptures. So we need to think about that. Psalm 147, verse 10. Psalm 147, verse 10. He delights not in the strength of the horse, he takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. Physical strength, bodybuilders, a beautiful uh, appearance that's not what pleases God. He doesn't take pleasure really in the strength of a man above the things that are of his character and of his good. A person that is good in his sight is what pleases God. A person that does his will, a person that is walking in righteousness before him. We can go back through all those scriptures, plus many, many more, and see the things that please God, the things that he does and the things that we do. Uh, These two scriptures here go together. Psalm uh, 147 verse 10 and Psalm 54. We'll back up Psalm 54. For you are not a God that has pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with you. So God is not pleased with a person that is a sinner, that is a wicked person, a terrorist, thinking they're doing God pleasure by killing people, innocent people. That's wicked. God's not pleased with that. Romans eight eight, New Testament, Romans eight eight. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And He lists previous to this, we won't go into it, a lot of the works of the flesh, the carnality. But people that are just walking in the flesh to please self, sensual, that's not what pleases God. It pleases God those that are keeping His commandments. And doing those things that uh, are right and good in His sight. First Thessalonians, second chapter, verse fourteen through sixteen. For you, brethren, became followers of the churches of God. I'm reading off of the board back there instead of my Bible, because Brian plugged these in his computer for me. So, Uh, churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus, for you also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. Who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men. Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved. To fill up their sins always. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. And you see what he's saying here. Because Paul had opposition from the Jews to his preaching. Now he's not condemning all Jews because there are some good and righteous Jews. Jesus was one, wasn't he? So there are some. Paul was uh, a Benjamin, not technically of Judah. But he is saying that, that those that uh, persecute the church of God, brethren, God is not pleased with that. Now, you've seen in the news uh, recently about the things in Egypt and about the Coptic, Coptic Christian church. And for many, many years, I thought, well, that was just a Catholic uh, portion of the church, and I looked up in the dictionary Coptic, and you can look it up yourself. Coptic means or Copt is a Hamitic language. Now, Mizraim, Egypt, are from Ham. They're from they're in the Ham black race. They're not in the Arab race. The Egyptians are not Arabs. Egyptians are from Ham, and so the Hamitic Coptic is the Egyptian. Church, they're, they're Catholic or a Protestant church. They're not Sabbatarian command-keeping like the Church of God. But you see the opposition between the uh, uh, terrorists in Egypt against the Coptic Church and the persecuting and, and, and maybe a thousand of them. they burned a lot of churches and they've persecuted and put to death a lot of the Coptic Christians. And... Wherever you look at the world, whether it's in Africa or India or Asia or uh, uh, the Middle East, uh, and it's beginning more and more in our Israel nations where the Christian church is suffering persecution and opposition. That's not pleasing to God. He doesn't like that. And uh, he'll deal with that in his ways those who persecute his people and his individual sons and daughters, just as a parent would not like to have anyone. Uh, do violence to their son or daughter. Hebrews 11th chapter. Verse uh, 6. Hebrews 11:6. 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, faith that we have pleases God. If we don't have faith, if we don't believe, that's, that's not uh, well pleasing to God. So we've got to come to God and admit and know and then believe and trust and have faith. And that's what pleases God. When we look to Him for everything that we have and we believe God will supply and meet our needs, that that's, pleases Him. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And uh, verse 5, 1 Corinthians ten five. He's talking here about the time of the exodus when Israel went out of Egypt and uh, there were sinners among them, strangers and some of the Egyptians uh, that were with them and some of Israel that uh, took up with idols and they began to uh, uh, sin and go back against God. But uh, verse uh, 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things happen to them for examples to the intent we should not lust. And he goes through all the things of idolatry and lust and, and murmuring and complaining. And so the point we can get out of this is it doesn't please God when we turn into apostasy, when we turn away from him, when we take up incarnality or when we uh, sin against him. Uh, and you can read through those surrounding verses see all the things that uh, Israel was doing in the flesh and God is not pleased with that our awareness our recognition of those things but God doesn't want us to uh, have our focus on the negative he wants us to have our focus on the positive here of the things that please him just as Jesus said I do always those things that please God now In closing, Romans 15, chapter verse 1 through 3. Romans 15. Verse 1 through 3. We then, that are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us Please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that were that reproached you fell on me. And so there's more uh, that we can see here. But here's an example. You know, we look at look to God, the things that please God, and the things that don't please him. And we can follow Jesus Christ who looked to please not just Himself, but to please the Father. And so from this, I have a number of points here. Don't please self, please our neighbor. Christ pleased not Himself, but He pleased God for us. He took upon Himself our troubles for our good. Everything He did, everything that God did, this is one thing I'm trying to hammer home here. And people can blame and fault God for all the evil or different wrong or for Satan or for bad things that happen or whatever. They can blame God or fault Him or try to excuse. But everything God does is good. Everything He does is right. Everything He does pleases Him. He does it because it's right and because it's good. And so we can follow His example and try to live our life by doing good, by doing righteousness, by pleasing God. He does whatever He pleases. For ultimate good. He does whatever pleases him. Those two companions kind of seem uh, at the outset kind of contradictory, but they help us see the totality of God's expression of who he is and what he's doing. Don't do things that don't please him. Do only the things that please God. As Jesus said, follow him and do always those things that please God.